Yeah, welcome in, fight fans. I'm Ryan McKinnell, and here on today's MMA on Sirius XM podcast, myself and RJ Clifford speak with rising lightweight Grant Dawson about his win at UFC 64. Plus, RJ Clifford and Anthony Smith check in with Neil Magny fresh off his record-breaking performance on Saturday at UFC in Vegas. Staying undefeated in his UFC career, 19-1 and overall. The man is surging. He is a contender series alum. And, yeah, I'd say he got the biggest win of his career over Mark O. Madsen on Saturday. We are talking about Grant Dawson, and Grant is uh, nice enough to give us a few minutes joining the show right now. Grant, man, congrats on the win. And, and yeah, this is the biggest victory of your career, yeah? I mean, I would absolutely think so, right? Like, uh, undefeated in the UFC undefeated overall uh he's beat a couple of good legends like uh vince shell and uh clay guida man i'm tired today uh clay guida olympian which is is one of the most impossible things to do the man is just a winner the man uh knows how to compete and the man knows how to win so this is definitely my biggest win and i think my best performance yeah and you said something crazy uh that i really liked and it was it really struck i think like even if you aren't familiar if like fans aren't out there with your fighting career or if they're just tuning in and maybe catching the fight at the bar right the the branding of a silver medalist in the Olympics, right? And then you come out after that victory and you talk about how, hey, I took sixth place in high school wrestling in my high school and you just beat a silver medalist at their own game. That's got to be like a real surreal feeling. I mean, it was basically the first thing you addressed when you grabbed the microphone on Saturday. Yeah, man, I, I come from a, a long line of like, I come from a small town. And I come from a, there were 26 people in my graduating class. Like I'm, I'm not supposed to be like the big dog that went to a big school that had a lot of opportunity. And that's what I love about this sport in football. I truly believe that you have to be born to play football. I don't think any amount of hard work, uh, any amount of, of dedication to the sport is going to get you to the NFL. You have to be born to play that sport. I I 100% believe that it's not like that for MMA. MMA is for the small guys. MMA is for the guys that aren't super fast, aren't super athletic. All of those things help, but you don't have to be this crazy athlete or grow up doing a sport to be good at MMA. And that's one of the things that I love about it. All it takes is being obsessed with the sport and working hard. And I am both of those things. What's the celebration like after you out grapple a Greco Roman silver medalist? What was Saturday night like? What'd you guys do? Uh, we went and got Shake Shack. And that was it. <laughs> uh, food. I, I, uh, I do food. <laughs> yeah, right. I do early flights back. Yeah. I try to get the earliest flight I can back. Uh, so we kind of just went out, got food, and then I tried to go to bed and stayed up watching my fight 15,000 times. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. So now, um, like that was the, that was the analysis going in. It's like, all right, you know, Grant Dawson, brilliant grappler, right? 12 submission wins, but he's going against the silver medalist, right? He's going to try to keep it standing. Did you know that you'd be, that you'd be able to out grapple him? Uh, it, it's not about, did I know I was going to be able to out grapple him? It was going to be, he's got to show me. Everybody that I fight is going to have to show me that they're a better grappler than me before I strike with them. If I'm fighting Islam Makashev, he's going to have to stuff every takedown that I throw at him before it's like, okay, now we're striking. Um, I'm not afraid of anybody's ground game. I'm not afraid to take anybody down. Me and Charles Oliveira are going to fight someday, and I'm going to take him down. Uh, Just like I took Mark Madsen down, I don't care how good he is off of his back. You guys have to show me that you're better on the ground than me for me to strike with you. 
What went wrong with the weight cut? Man, I don't, I don't want to bring up any excuses. I don't want to make anything uh, a big deal out of, out of it. Mm. I missed weight. It was on me. It was unprofessional. Mark Matson was man enough to still want to compete the next day. That's all that matters. It won't happen again. No excuses. Who do you think you match up better with, Islam Makachev or Charles Oliveira? Uh, definitely Charles Oliveira. Um, me and Islam are, are very similar. I would say he's a little bit more um, uh, dangerous with his striking, a little bit crisper with his striking than I am. But I think mm-hmm. that I have a, a few more submissions in my in my tool bag. Um, so I, I feel like we're very similar as fighters, and I think our wrestling is, is very similar as well. Uh, so I think Charles Oliveira is definitely a better matchup for me. But working at ATT, I've been at ATT for less than a year. And I think if you look at my last fight with Kansas City and my fight with uh, Mark Madsen, it's so night and day difference. Give me give me three more years with ATT, and I don't think it'll matter who I fight. Here with Grant Dawson, fresh off his victory over Mark Madsen. I'm glad you brought up ATT because, uh, you know, American Top Team Grant is one of those gyms that has been a part of our landscape for as long as I've been in the sport, as long as RJ has been in the sport, they still continue to hold, you know, that, that pedigree, that, that, that reputation, right? Uh, You said it, you've only been there in under a year. I think it's just been, this was your second fight. Um, When you talk about three years from now, when you talk about this experience with ATT, it sounds like this is going to be your forever fighting home. Uh, Yeah, I I think so. Um, Dude, the facility is incredible. I've made, really, really good friends. Uh, I've built really, really great relationships with my coaches, uh, my training partners, Tiago Moises, Pitbull, uh, Mike Brown, Steve Mako, all these guys I've got really great relationships with, and I can really tell they care about me and are taking care of me and making sure that, that everything is, is in order. Um, number one, though, comes winning that belt. And if ATT doesn't fit that, uh, fit that bill, I will address that when the time comes. But as of right now, I cannot imagine that happening because just the level of guys there is just so incredible. Like I've, I've thought like, okay, if ATT closed down tomorrow, where would I go? And I, I literally can't think of a better place to be than ATT. So I'm here uh, for the long haul, but I never say never. And, and if things change, the goal is always to be a world champion. So we'll see. But for right now, ATT is my permanent home. Well, that seems like a very, uh, very, very, very calculated answer. Sorry. Go ahead, RJ. When did Mike Thomas Brown go to Mike Brown? Like all through WC, <laughs> he was Mike Thomas Brown, right? WC featherweight champion. And now everyone calls him Mike Brown. I'm like, who's this Mike Brown guy? It's Mike Thomas Brown. I've actually never heard him called Mike Thomas Brown. That's funny that you what? say that. That's how old, that's how old that's RJ yeah, is. Grant. That's, all that that's all that is. <laughs> when he was in WEC, it was, it was Mike Thomas Brown, right? Because you got like the most generic name ever in Mike Brown. So you throw in the middle name, you know, you remember it better. Uh, wait, now hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. How does Thomas not make it more generic? Like, <laughs> There's a Mike million Thomas Mike Thomases. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. what? That makes it even more generic. <laughs> but uh, but now you got the middle name. Though, as Mike you know? Brown. Yeah. These are the questions that RJ Clifford wants answered on a Monday. I stay up late at night thinking about when did, when did Mike get, when did, when did Mike Thomas Brown get rid of his middle name? I don't know. Oh, I, I, nonetheless, I don't know. Mike Thomas Brown is a part of American top team and obviously a former fighter over there. And Grant, you're talking about the training partners and that, I think that's a, not everyone has the ability to level up in terms of that, but the ones who do, I, I, I can't stress that enough to potential fighters out there listening, current fighters, future fighters, whatever the case may be having that lineage, having that skill to pull from, 
from in the training room. I don't want to say it's the most valuable part of ATT and gyms like ATT, but it's got to be right near the top, right? Having that quality of, of sparring opponents and training partners to, to bounce things off of, no pun intended. Yeah, I, I think, and I think it's one of the things that ATT is like known for. Like when people yeah. talk about ATT, at least when they've talked to me about it, before I went to ATT, everybody was like, yeah, the training partners are incredible. The training partners are incredible. Yeah, they've got a lot of bodies. They've got a lot of training partners. And so in my head, I was thinking like, okay, the, the training partners are going to be world-class, but the coaching staff is going to be maybe subpar. And I was completely wrong. The, the training partners are so good because the coaching staff is so good. Everything is run perfectly. Uh, every coach that I work with there is, is world-class and every coach that I don't work with there is still world-class. Um, the hardest part, honestly, is I want to work with every single coach at that gym. My body physically cannot handle that many training sessions. So like, I have to like cut out these coaches that bring so much value to me just because I have to make room for what I think is most important for this specific fight. That's how great of a gym it is. And anytime my coaches aren't at the gym, I don't feel like I've lost anything because there's so many great coaches right there to take their place and keep coaching me. And the nice thing is too, they all work together. They have meetings multiple times a week. Everybody knows who I'm fighting. Everybody knows, you know, what the game plan is and can help me out if, if I've got questions. It, it's really a really well-oiled machine and I absolutely love it. What's it going to take to get you ranked? I I'm expecting to be ranked today. I the countdown I is on. You're uh, I hate I, to break it to you. You're not. Oh, RJ, look what you did. I, not to be the bearer of bad news. Sorry, but because I'm with that, you. That I'm like 19, one and one undefeated in the UFC. I like what the hell? I, I have two decisions. I have two decisions in my entire career. Yeah. I guess I guess I'm just not going to be ranked ever. So. I mean, it is the deepest weight class in, like, the history of MMA. Like, the UFC lightweight division, it's just, like, there's a reason why there's three times as many UFC lightweights than heavyweights, because there's just a billion good fighters. Okay, so why is Conor McGregor, who hasn't fought in three years, in the rankings? Why is the, uh, Dan question. Hooker, who's on a seven-fight losing streak, in the rankings? Why is uh, Tony Ferguson on a five-fight losing streak? in the rankings. Hey, Grant, I'll answer that for you. The rankings don't mean anything. I go on this show all the time. I don't know who compiles them. I don't know who puts them together. So you are throwing out great questions, and I'm glad we have a fighter on here who's pissed off because you should be because it doesn't make any sense, Grant Dawson. I, I have I have a 100% finish rate in my wins at 155. I've got two decisions in my entire career. I don't, like... 19 wins, one loss, 17 finishes, man. What do you, what do you got to do? What do you got to do to get ranked? It's, it's, this is stupid. I'm upset now, man. This is, this is absolutely ridiculous. Uh, well, I think it's pretty safe to say that you'll fight somebody next with a number next to their name. I can't imagine. I was supposed to fight somebody with a number next to their name this time. And they yeah. said that they, I couldn't get people to fight me because I don't have a number next to my name. <clears throat> so am I just not supposed to fight people? Like, that's the stuff I hate, RJ. You know I yell about this stuff all the time. I talk about how it's used mm -hmm. in bargaining, how it's used in contract negotiations, how it's used to take fighters and give I, I This stuff drives me nuts. Grant, just so you know, this stuff also drives some members in the media nuts, and we've been caring and yelling about this for uh, a very long time. Sorry, RJ. I didn't mean to cut you off, pal. Well, no, um, I'm with you. So is that why you called out Tony Ferguson Saturday? 
I thought I was going to be ranked. And I thought that, mm-hmm. uh, I thought that me and Tony make sense because we would have both been ranked. I thought I was going to get bumped to like 14 or 15 and he was going to be, you know, whichever one I wasn't, if I was 14, he was going to be 15. If he was 15, I was going to be 14 or whatever. You, you get what I'm saying? And so I thought that makes sense. Like I'll be right there and he'll be right there. It makes no, dude, I'm never, I'm never going to fight a guy like Conor McGregor. Like that's, that's never going to happen. I don't have the, I don't have the star power for that. I don't have the name for that. And I'm a tough fight. And that fight wouldn't, wouldn't sell as well as him fighting like Dustin or, or, uh, uh, Chandler or something like that. Mm-hmm. And also he's moving at 170. Why is yeah. he still in the rankings? Two fight losing streak hasn't fought in like three years. Why is mm-hmm. he still in the rankings? It doesn't make any sense. And it's like, yeah. it just takes a spot away from a guy like me. And like you said, now I don't have contract negotiation power. Right. I don't have, you know, when, when they bring six more guys to me and ask me if I want to fight them, they're going to look at me and say, no, he's a really tough fight with no reward. So, this, so this, uh, uh, man, this pissed me off. Yeah. I, I might've ruined your day for no reason. Um, they haven't updated the rankings yet. <laughs> RJ, you are a terrible person. Okay, so Grant, we can cool Sorry, down Grant. a little bit. We'll just remove every whatever he's lying. No, no, no. I think no. I think he's lying. I think he was just like, oh shit, I pissed him off. My no, no, like, no, 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 Grant. No, 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 Grant. No, he would like that. No, make no mistake. He would like the fact that you were pissed off and he made you feel a certain way. So don't let him off the hook. RJ's just bad at his job today on a Monday. That's all that is. <laughs> I, I had a wedding last night. A little hungover. I looked hey, at the Uber. Hey, I called RJ. it at one thirty. RJ, RJ, I was bad at my job on Friday, so I'm going to let you off the hook on this. Hey, look at that. Thank you. Look at that. Synergy. (laughs) We're one big happy family here. We all get a mulligan every now and then. (laughs) <laughs> all right grant so we'll, we'll i guess we'll we'll tweet you or we'll we'll, we'll get we'll wait for your update on social media because yes those rankings are supposed to come down i believe on mondays so that's you what can, i thought too you can cool down you can cool down a little bit all right all right hey if Good. either of you if either of you guys see me get ranked though please tag me in it you got it you got yeah, it we will definitely you. do that i'm sure some of our listeners will <laughs> as well all right grant dude thank you for the time sorry about my wonderful friend rj he's just a horrible person man enjoy the rest of your day and enjoy that big win man i'm sure some uh big things and hopefully some numbers my guy are coming your way oh god i hope so man thank you guys for having me this was fun well most of it was fun <laughs> that could be so fun for ryan least, i was gonna say that could be said for about 90 percent of our guests Busted Open is your daily home for all things pro wrestling. Join Dave LaGreca, WWE Hall of Famers, Bully Ray and Mark Henry, and hardcore wrestling legend Tommy Dreamer. Dave LaGreca here. From WWE to AEW, Impact, New Japan, Ring of Honor, and more, we talk it all. Whether you grew up watching Ric Flair or Stone Cold Steve Austin, Busted Open is your place for pro wrestling. Busted Open, Mondays through Saturdays at 9 a.m. East on Fight Nation, Sirius XM Channel 156. If you get 20 wins in a mixed martial arts career overall, that is a career to be proud of. If you get 20 wins in the UFC welterweight division, passing the greatest fighter of all time, George St. Pierre, you take a fucking bow and you do a victory tour. That man who should be taking that bow right now joins us. Neil Magny on MMA Today. How you doing, Neil? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? Awesome. Thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. Um, leading up to the fight, when you knew, hey, I, you know, 19 UFC wins, one more I passed George St. Pierre, was that was that on your mind? Did that make you kind of nervous? More pressure, less pressure? Or was it something you didn't even care about or think about? 
Um, if I'm being 100% honest, like leading up to the fight, I didn't think of the record part at all. Um, mm -hmm. also hyper focused on the fight itself, and then like, um, all the comments that were coming out fight week, uh, were kind of like the motivating factor that, like, literally the, the record didn't cross my mind at all fight week at all. So, what was there a celebration once it was done? Like, the fight's behind you, you got the record. Is it like, all right, was it just you're in Vegas? It was, a, it was an early fight night. What happened? Did we do anything cool? Please tell me you did something cool. <laughs> you would think so, right? It's like, all right, cool. Just set the record. Just got a big win. Uh, yeah. Just moved up in the rankings. All these great things. Uh, got a bonus as well. It's like, all right, let's go out and celebrate and have a great time. Uh, I was literally in bed by uh, 9.30 that night. Like, I was <laughs> <laughs> like, literally in bed by 9.30. <laughs> hey, if I get one UFC win, every stripper at the Spearmint Rhino is going to know it. If I get 20 UFC wins, <laughs> everyone's seen my dick, Neil. Everybody. So congrats. Hey, that's why you're the one. That's why you deserve to get these wins as opposed to my dick. <laughs> that's one way to put it for sure. <laughs> uh, Neil, man, you've been obviously in this game for a long time. You've been in a lot of big fights, a lot of tough fights. Like, how how do you how do you do it honestly like there 20 welterweight wins like that's that's a lot of avoiding injury that's a lot of tough spots and hard training camps and digging deep in third rounds and and you know like i go back to the 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 hector lombard fight you know <laughs> like kind of like you kind of wrote the book on some of these guys like when i fought hector lombard i went back and watched that fight over like if I, I just got to be like fucking Neil Magny for just a little while and I can, you know, and I can, I can try to, you know, I can get over on this guy. So I guess as stupid of a question as it is, like, just talk about your journey. Like, what's it like doing something that that's significant? Man, it's been cool, but I think the biggest thing that it comes down to is not being afraid to, like, reinvent myself. I mean, um, like, with this many fights I've had in UFC and how long we've been doing it thus far, um, it's easy to get caught up in, like, the idea of, like, okay, cool, I got to figure it out. I know the answers. I'm just going to do what I want to do when I want to do it and move on that way. Um, but um, that's not the case at all. I have to, like, really trust the people that I keep around me, my coaches, my training partners, um, even close friends that are uh, able to influence me outside of fighting. Um, just got to keep, a, keep uh, a close eye on all those people who I surround myself with. Um, and when it comes to fighting in general, um, every event of myself, kind of like you were just saying, like, um, it's easy to get caught up in a sense where you're, like, competing amongst your peers We're like oh wait i'm the man i gotta figure it out there's no need for me to like learn anything from anybody else uh and kind of get stuck in your own way so to speak uh but for me i'm kind of like always falling up with the sport falling up with the uh, um the effort that guys are putting their day in and day out in the sport that like constantly keeps me reinvigorating and um and, and figuring things out uh more and more as i go i mean uh this weekend for example there's a big fight at middle in the middleweight division um there's a couple of good fights at, at light lightweight and I'm not, I'm, I'm be watching these fights this weekend, not just as a fan, but as a, as a student, literally watching like, all right, cool. Um, what does Izzy bring to the game uh, as far as like striking a, uh, against a guy who's a dominant kickboxer? What does uh, so-and-so bring to the game going against a guy that's uh, um, has his own skill sets, but like constantly growing with the sport um, and not necessarily getting my own way where it's just like, uh, thinking I have it all figured out, my way is the, the only way to do it or, or anything like that. Just kind of uh, put myself in a position where I can learn from anyone and everyone. Uh, before we get into the the fight this weekend uh, with D Rod, out of all those twenty, which was the hardest one to get? 
<laughs> Honestly, out of all my 25, so in the bar, or sorry, out of all the wins uh, that I've gotten, ah, uh, man, I want to say the hardest one was definitely probably the Hector fight because it's mm-hmm. like I've never been hit that hard <laughs> in my life before. Like, like, it literally, like, it was just like the speed that he came at me with, and then the, the, just the, the, the sheer power that he hit me with. I was just like, damn, I've never been hit that hard before in my life. I mean, one second he's standing in front of me, next thing you know, I'm like on my back looking up, trying to find my way to my feet. Um, and it was just how quick he was able to close that distance and how hard he hit. Uh, I don't know if you'll answer this question, but was there one you didn't think you were going to get that you were able to get? Like, there's been, like, I've gone into fights, like, man, I this is going to be a tough one. Like, I, I don't know how this is going to go. Like, I, and I'm I'm okay being honest with, like, I'll tell the media, like, yeah, I'm going to beat that dude's ass. But, like, in the back of my head, like, cool, this is a, this is a tough one. Um, yeah, I mean, I honestly never had that experience. I mean, uh, man, it's weird to take the fight to see coming up. Um, but um, that's a fight where uh, you kind of you read the room when you tell your coaches you have a fight. I mean, normally you, you run to the, the gym, like, hey, I have a fight, I'm fighting so-and-so. And everyone's kind of excited, like, oh, yeah, listen, let's, uh, let's, let's sit down, let's watch film, let's put a game plan together. And they're all, like, excited about moving forward in the fight. And I remember walking into the gym and telling my coach, like, hey, I have a fight. And they asked me who it was. And I told Nathan Lombard. And they were actually like, oh, um, cool. Great. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Let, let, let's figure out how to do this now. And, and for, a while, for a while, like that, I was like, wait, what do you guys, like, what's the hesitancy about? Like, it's, it's just a fight like any other fight. But I could never see the hesitancy. My coaches are just like, oh, crap, we're fighting Hector, huh? That's not a fight we're excited about at all. So after 20 UFC welterweight wins, um, you've clearly accomplished a ton. Um, when you started fighting, what what were your goals, and and how did your goals adjust as you started fighting? Was was this on, on your on your list of things you wanted to accomplish as a mixed martial artist? If I were to say that, like when I first started uh, being mixed martial artist, that I'd be sitting here uh, holding the record for most wins in welterweight division, I'd be a a liar. There's no way I've seen this coming uh, at all. Like for me, when I first started, I was like, all right, cool. I'm going to get to the UFC. Uh, once I got there, I was like, all right, let me get ranked. Once I got ranked, like, all right, let's, let me become a contender. Uh, once I got to that point, all right, let's go to make it gold. Um, but to be sitting at a point where like, I'm actually like uh, writing my own name in the history book, so to speak, um, I definitely didn't see this coming at all. And I didn't see it playing out this way at all. Um, especially how my UFC career started out. I was literally um, one in two the first year um, and thought I was going to get cut from the UFC. Uh, so to be sitting here 10 years later, still um, at the top of the division, still moving forward, still doing great things. Like I, I did not see this coming this way at all. So it kind of snuck up on me. Like I, I, I'll be honest, I completely forgot that you were tied with George St. Pierre going into Saturday. Oh, that's a, that's a big record. That's dude. That's George St. Pierre didn't have a short career. Like he had a long, obviously incredibly successful UFC welterweight career. And you've passed that up. And as far as wins, are you, are you underrated by MMA fans and, and, and people in mixed martial arts? Um, no, not at all. I mean, at the end of the day, like one of the best things about mixed martial arts or, or for me that I've been learning recently is like um, everybody's journey is different. Like I, uh, it's cool to surpass jersey period with the wins and that kind of thing. But um, there's no doubt that GSP is the greatest mixed martial arts to ever do this, uh, especially at welterweight. Um, so it, it, for me, it was like kind of letting go of those comparisons where um, I don't want to sit there and like uh, uh, have GSP's career be the identity of my career or like, oh, wait, look what he did. Look what I did, where I'm not like content with what I've, what I've done in the sport thus far, where I feel like I didn't accomplish what I wanted to or uh, I, I underachieved in, in the sport. Um, whether you win, whether you lose, whether you're a champ, whether you're a guy who um, had three fights, got cut. 
everyone's gonna have something to say anyway. So why not go out there, uh, do your best, and then have a great life by doing so? Now that you passed George St. Pierre, are you a UFC Hall of Famer? <laughs> I mean, I would think so, but uh, I think Jim Nader's standing to beat by four wins. So I'm gonna go out there and try to get that uh, record as well and see what happens after that. Do, do, does, do you have like a little rivalry with Jim Miller for chasing that all-time <laughs> wins list? Does, and does, does he know this, no, that you're after his ass? Uh, okay, honest, not at all, man. I was just in Raven this past week. I was literally back there doing a, uh, the photo shoot that you hear the media talking to the room next door. Um, and they were kind of running back. Like, hey, so who has the all-time wins uh, right now? And they said it was him. And I was like, okay, cool. That's the next goal. We're going to get that done as well. <laughs> oh, I'd be talking mad shit to Jim Miller right now if I was you. Yeah. Oh, I would be talking shit to GSP too. Like, yeah, okay. Maybe you're the greatest <laughs> of all time, but uh, how many wins do you have? <laughs> Did George St. Pierre reach out to you at all? Did he like shoot, shoot you a message or anything? No, no, no. I had an opportunity to trade with him uh, way back in the day, but uh, most recently, no, no, no. He's just probably bitter. He's probably pissed. He's like, What's it all even worth anymore? <laughs> Yeah, if you see brace yourself for one of those uh, Hall of Fame jacks in the check, it'll be great. But other than that, uh, I'll just keep doing my thing. Well, I, I loved your call out after the fight, Gilbert Burns. Um, and I, I talk about it all the time on this show, how getting into the top 15 in the UFC is, is pretty straightforward. You just, you just got to win a lot, right? You win a lot, you'll get into the top 15. Breaking into the top five takes some politicking. It takes some timing. It takes some luck because those guys don't want to fight guys beneath them, right? They're generally... You know, one win away from fighting for a title, big money. They don't want to risk their ranking. Um, why Gilbert Burns? Is, do you think that's someone that you can beat, or do you think that's someone that's going to say yes? Like, why? Why is Burns on your in your crosshairs? Um, honestly, it's just the challenge that he uh, that he brings to the table. I mean, uh, the ranking does definitely helps a little bit, but overall, it's just the challenge he brings to the table. Um, look at my last fight against Shavkat. I definitely came up short in the grappling department, um, and UFC is not big on like immediate rematches. So uh, for me to sit there and say, "Oh man, I want to get that one back. I want to get that one back," um, I'll pretty pretty much be spinning my wheels for something that may not happen for the next five years at least. Um, so for me, it was like, all right, cool. What did I learn in that, in that Shavkat fight? Uh, and uh, if I feel like I got better since that fight or I learned something from that fight, go ahead and put it to the test. Uh, and for me, there's no better test than go out there and fight one of the best grapplers in my division currently, um, who I believe is Gilbert Burns. So um, if I get that fight against him, it's 100% uh, – me, my own way, my own ego, saying like, hey, I'm a far better grabber than I showed my last fight. I'm going to go out there and prove it being one of the best grabbers in the division. Well, obviously, Gilbert Burns is, is, I don't know, he's chasing title fights. He's chasing top contenders, which is part of the problem for guys trying to get into the top five. If Gilbert Burns isn't available, is there anyone else that stands out? And also, um, you, you, you said something there that really caught my eye, like caught my ears. You said, well, that's, you know, I don't want to chase something that might not happen for another five years. You still want to fight another, you still got another five years in you. Oh, at least. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, I just literally love this, uh, this sport. I love being able to do what I do every single day. Um, and more importantly, just the lifestyle it provides for my family. I mean, um, like this week, for example, I got back from Vegas uh, and was spend, I was there to spend the entire day with my son. I was there to take my son to school, pick him up from school, spend all day with him yesterday. Um, same thing this morning. So 
um, I, I the lifestyle I lived and, and the lifestyle fighting provides for me, um, I would be, be working like 80 hours a week to live a similar lifestyle. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. uh, to be able to like uh, provide for my family and do what I love, I couldn't think of anything else to, I'd rather be doing uh, for the next five, six, seven, eight years. Um, and just the, the time that it gives me with my family uh, is irreplaceable. Like I can literally say like, all right, cool. I'm not going back to the gym in two more weeks. Right now I'm just focusing on family time. Um, and no one can force me back in the gym. No one can force me to go punch a clock. No one can force me to go do something that um, I don't want to do right now. So I get to like kind of call the shots in life and spend the time with the people that matter most. Us. And then, the, and then, the, and then yeah. And then the second part, <laughs> if you can't get Gilbert Burns, because I, I think maybe that is just a stretch because he's probably not going to want, I mean, you're a dangerous fight for anybody in the division. Um, and I'm sure he's looking up and, and, and that's just unfortunate. But if you can't, is there anyone else that stands out? I hope you do. But is there anyone else that stands out? Um, to be honest, like all the guys in the top five, top 10 right now, they all have like the same script. Like, oh yeah, I'm trying to fight. I'm trying to fight up. Like I would love to fight Bilal Muhammad if it was not available. Then he had the same script. Like, oh no, no, I'd rather fight up. I mean, so at this point, like it really, honestly, it doesn't matter who, like I would love yeah. to fight. You're like, shit, me too. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah, so like I would, I would love to fight the good birds. I'd love to fight Bilal Muhammad, but if for whatever reason those fights don't fall through, then I'm right back where I was. I right, go sign me up for whoever it is. Uh, I'll keep carving my own path and keep making my way to the title. Well, congratulations. Um, you definitely deserve to take a little time off. Enjoy this record that you got. It is a it is a lifetime achievement award, passing George St. Pierre for most wins in the UFC welterweight division. Um, obviously, you're still looking forward. Obviously, there's still a long career ahead of you, but Enjoy the moment, Neil. Like it was, it wasn't easy. Like I've watched every second of every one of your fights. It didn't. It wasn't easy getting to where you're at. Pretty sure, definitely wasn't. All right, Neil Magny here on MMA Today. Thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. Thanks, Neil. Appreciate it. Thank you, guys. MMA on Sirius XM is part of the Sirius XM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast. Plus, catch Unlocking the Cage weekdays from 2 to 5 p.m. Eastern and MMA Today Tuesday to Thursday from 12 to 2 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation, Channel 156, and on the SXM app. Sirius XM Podcasts.